Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the all-night Cliff and Kendall Halloween episode festival. Get ready for the most harrowing Halloween yet as the Cliff and Kendall gang face shock <gasps> after shock in Hillbilly Willie 5. Cliff and Kendall go to hell. Once there was a farmer in the North Bushel Town woods Made his money growing corn and selling off dry goods But what he loved the most was his pigs, yes he did really He loved them more than he should, that old hillbilly willy more than his wife so everybody said so it's no wonder that she took the preacher to her bed what happened when he found them i know it may sound real silly but a horde of demons went and possessed old hillbilly willy now he's in the woods looking for his pigs most every night Kills the folks in his way from sunset through daylight. He murdered some guy yesterday, boy, it was a real dilly. So watch out or he'll get to you, old hillbilly willy. Don't get between a drove of pigs and their man. Watch out for those demons too, they're all over this land. And if it's a late October night and the air's a little chilly, listen for the crazy laughter of Hillbilly Willie. Watch out or he might just get a little killy, that demon-possessed pig farmer. Good evening. I am a narrator who has been sentenced by Satan himself to relate to you this tale of Halloween horror. A tale so horrible you may feel like you've already heard it four times before. But the fifth time, Cliff and Kendall meet the demon-possessed pig farmer named Hillbilly Willie wasn't just one of the five worst nights of their lives. It also became one of the most shocking tales I've ever glanced at before narrating. (gasps) As has been established, I'm a narrator reporting straight from hell. I've been sentenced here for committing the ultimate sin. I opened my neighbor's mail. Even though it was delivered to my house by mistake, and even though it was just a simple error, and even though the mail was only a flyer for 10% off at the local dry cleaner, I was still sentenced to an eternity of damnation. Well, them's the breaks. (laughs) 
the horrible tale I must relate to you began just days before Halloween. Cliff and Kendall were out on the road, booked for a one-night performance in the South Busheltown suburbs. Our two incredibly fat heroes were joined by their producer, Mr. Snodbottom, his wife, Mrs. Potterbutter Butterchurn, one of their office assistants, a strange young man named Austin, and also a temp named Terry. One last word of warning. Though Cliff and Kindle have met Hillbilly Willie four times before, this is by far the most surprising, startling, and outrageous episode to date. Be prepared. We now rejoin Cliff and Kindle already in peril. I cannot believe I left my phone in the moving van. I cannot believe Mr. Snodbottom dropped us off by the side of the road an hour ago and still isn't back. I think it's about to start raining. Uh, yeah. That's thunder, not God bowling in heaven. I always heard thunder was just raccoons digging around in God's trash cans. It won't matter when we're soaking wet sitting in the back of that moving van Mr. Snodbottom rented to get us out here. I don't know why we couldn't borrow the real Sass Express again. It's still parked outside the pawn shop, isn't it? Oh, Kendall. Nobody told you? Told me what? If we weren't just standing by the roadside, I'd tell you to sit down. Oh, no. It's pretty shocking. Um, somebody bought our old tour bus, the Real Sass Express. To give it a good home? To love it like we did? Well, there's definitely a lot of love. Uh, the Real Sass Express is now the... It's now the Orgy Bus on OrgyBus.com. Oh, God, take it back! I'm sorry, Kendall. You just have to let the real Sass Express go. Life is not fair. That better be the most horrible news I get this Halloween. Even though we're so close to those stupid North Busheltown woods. Hello? Halloween, demon-possessed pig farmer. Someone's got to mention it. Kendall, I'm too wet to be worried about Hillbilly Willie right now. Nobody's died in like two years. Tyler's in heaven with Whitney Houston. And frankly, when Hillbilly Willie came back as a baby last year, it wasn't so much scary as it was ridiculous. Where is Mr. Snodbottom? If I die, I'm blaming him. There's got to be a good reason for his leaving us out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night, in the middle of this torrential downpour. I'm sure it's his irritable bowels. What else? But of course, Kendall was wrong. Mr. Snodbottom had dropped Cliff and Kendall off by the side of the road to eat a late-night moon picnic while he and the others filled the moving van up with gasoline. In a startling turn of events, that was far from all that happened. As Cliff and Kendall got soaked with rain, the rest of their traveling company was held up at the gas station. Held up at knife point. Oh dear, please take that knife away from my neck. These are real pearls I'm wearing. Um, Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn, I don't think I'd mention that while we're being robbed at Knife Point. You ain't being robbed, you're being held hostage, there's a difference. Please, sir, I do wish you could let us go. We've got folks waiting on us out in the rain. Oh, those poor dears! I kind of feel sorry for them, but then I kind of feel sorry for us, too. We're inside and dry, but we're tied up with knives held at our throat. I see your point, Austin, but I- Shut up! Is that all you people do is chit-chat? It's not all they do, but it does seem to be what they do best. But then, I don't know them that well. I'm just a temp. My name's Terry. I actually tempted a gas station just like this one not that long ago. I don't care. 
Damn it, I wish we'd remember to bring the duct tape to shut all you up. Frankly, I think it's rude of everyone else not to speak. And why are they all wearing masks? It's days before Halloween. Not proper etiquette this early, you know. Not that it's any of your business, but they're wearing masks because we ain't just a group of roving gas station robbers like you might have assumed. We're actually a cult that, you guessed it, right here tonight is going to summon the one, the only, the demon-possessed pig farmer we've all sworn to worship and protect, his royal wickedness, Hillbilly Willie. I wish I could say the shocks were over, but on this night, they had only just begun. As Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn and friends learned the terrifying truth about their captors, Cliff and Kendall were still out in the rain. Okay, I've had it. We should just start walking. Which way did they even go? Oh, they went... Wait, I think, if you go to the left, you get to the South Busheltown suburbs and then to Busheltown Abbey, right? I don't know. That's why we should just wait here for the van to pick us up. Cliff, we are so stupid. I know, we are fat. Oh, wait, you said stupid. There's a shack right over there. We could have been dry this whole time. Let's go. It looks pretty crappy the closer we get. Do you think it's safe? So long as it's dry. Wait, I forgot a bag back by the road. I'll get it later. It was the bag that still had donuts in it. Get it now. I'll wait for you in the shack. Okay. Oh. oh, damn it. Where'd that log come from? Now I'm all muddy and gross. Ugh. Ugh. Just for that, I'm eating all the donuts. They're not too wet. Mm. Sorry, Kendall, all the donuts were gone. My bad. <laughs> what the hell? Hell, hell, hell. Just as Cliff was shoving donuts in his face, someone else had been shoving explosives into the shack in which Kendall had taken refuge. However, unlike the donuts in Cliff's face, the explosives in the shack suddenly detonated, sending a fireball 40 feet into the air. It was as though the gates of hell had opened in that field near the South Busheltown suburbs. Debris fell from the sky in small pieces no bigger than an eyelash, and in large pieces as thick and meaty as hams. Amidst the falling rain and ash, stood Cliff, empty donut bag in hand. He walked toward the smoke-belching hole where seconds ago an unstable building had stood. A thousand little fires dotted the landscape, but there was no sign of any shack, no sign of any shelter, and no sign of Kendall. Kendall? In a daze, Cliff turned and began walking toward the road. Kendall? Had he not just witnessed the explosion of his best friend and co-host, it is possible that Cliff might have turned to the left and walked the quarter mile down the road to where Mr. Snodbottom, Mrs. Putter Butter Butter Churn, and the others were currently held at Knife Point in the South Busheltown suburbs. Yes, had he turned left on the road that night, he might have also seen a group of people, people who had recently become arsonists, slipping back into the woods. But Cliff turned right on the road. Did he know what direction he was headed? Did he know his chosen path would take him not only to the North Busheltown woods, but to the very pits of hell itself? Cliff muttered to himself as he walked. He was rain-soaked and mud-covered from his head to his foot, and on top of that had settled a layer of ashes and soot. 
After a short time, a van pulled over in front of him on the road. Whether or not Cliff mistook this vehicle to be the moving van rented by Mr. Snodbottom, we can never be sure, but we do know that he climbed aboard voluntarily. Hey, uh, where are you headed on a night like tonight, if you don't mind me asking? Anywhere. Well, we're headed north at the moment. Okay. Uh, my name's Gary, and you might be wondering why everybody but me is sitting silently and wearing a mask. Well, the answer is a simple one. We're a secret cult, and every one of my cult brothers has taken a vow of silence in order to focus on our important work. You might also be wondering why I ain't being silent too. Well, that's another simple answer. I have taken a vow to explain my cult brothers' vows of silence when needed. It's a common vow in our cult. Oh. Yeah, we're on our way to pick up some supplies. We have a pretty important ritual to perform tonight. The conversation in the van went on like this for some time. After the cult made their supply gathering stops, they parked in front of a large and obviously abandoned building. All right, cult brothers, we're here. Everybody out. Hey, big muddy stranger. Yeah. I I think you'd fit right in with our group here. You're practically silent already. You want to come inside with us? This building is our clubhouse now. I mean, it's our satanic sanctuary now. It used to be a Walgreens. You want to come in, have a few beers, play some darts, and then summon his royal wickedness, the demon-possessed pig farmer, Hillbilly Willie? Okay. Yes. In his stupor, Cliff had just joined the ranks of the cult devoted to Hillbilly Willie. The same cult whose members just two years before had murdered his assistant Tyler in cold blood. To be honest, for the next few hours, nothing much really happened. Cliff sat in the former Walgreens, current satanic sanctuary, while his new cult brothers played darts and drank Bud Light Platinum. <coughs> Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn, Mr. Snodbottom, their office worker Austin, and the temp known as Terry all stayed tied up at knife point inside the gas station in the South Busheltown suburbs. As for Kindle, only heaven knows what he was doing then. And I, your dear narrator, am definitely not in heaven. Much later that evening, at half past 3 a.m. to be exact, the story once again picked up. All right, cult brothers, it's time to begin. We stand in a circle ready to invoke his royal wickedness, the demon-possessed pig farmer known as Hillbilly Willie. Hillbilly Willie. Hillbilly Willie. Hillbilly Willie. We burn this ride and slaughter this defenseless creature for you, Hillbilly Willie. Stanley, hand me that cockroach. This beast soul is now your breakfast, oh immortal demon master. And now the final step, at least according to demonraiser.blogspot.com. I, your faithful servant Gary, will drink this gallon of pig's blood. Bottoms up. place filled with expired medicines and dangerously out-of-date shampoos. It is we, your royal wickedness, the North Busheltown Woods chapter of the cult devoted to you, O Dark Master. And what is the purpose of this summoning? Uh, uh, we wish to serve you, Master Hillbilly Willie. Hmm. I was actually close by when you summoned me, you know. It is a late October night and the air is a little chilly. Don't people sing that song anymore? 
I hope you're all familiar with my backstory. Yes, your evilness. In that case, you should know it is common for me to kill those who summon me. It did mention that on the website, but I was hoping it was a typo. Nope. Time to die. Wait. Who dares to command Hillbilly Willie to wait? I... Hey, newbie. Thou science. How about you take one? I want to make you a deal. A deal? I do not make deals. Let these cult morons go and take me back to hell with you. <gasps> take you back to hell? Let them live? Or, I mean, you can kill them, I guess. You see, my co-host just exploded right in front of me and... I don't want to go on living, and so I figure I might as well just go straight back to hell with you. Hmm. There are certain perks for a demon who brings souls into hell. Last time I got a new microwave. So, take me to hell. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> The walls shook, blood ran from the sky, and the demon-possessed pig farmer known as Hillbilly Willie took the fat co-host of an internet talk show to hell. In the South Busheltown suburbs gas station, things were not going so well. The cult members, who were holding Cliff and Kendall's still-living co-workers at Knife Point, had also tried to summon Hillbilly Willie unsuccessfully. Damn it, what did I do wrong? We all stood in a circle. I burned the rye, I killed a Furby, and I drank a gallon of motor oil. We even had hostages, which is supposed to raise the demon twice as fast. That's the last time I get demon raising directions from Wikipedia. I wish the rest of you jerks hadn't taken vow of silence so I could put some blame on you. Oh, what's the use? If you'll excuse me for saying so, you may be lucky. Hillbilly really often kills the people who try to summon him. <laughs> Shows what you know. I read on Wikipedia, it says plain as day, that Hillbilly Willie often kisses those who summon him. I see. Pardon me, but if your experiment didn't work, why don't you just let us go? What good are we to you now? I can't let you folks go. Not just yet. <laughs> and why not? I'm keeping you because it's a boring Monday night. The cashier I kicked in the face isn't woken up yet, and I gotta entertain myself somehow. The hell? Listen to this, guys. I got a text from Gary, our cult cousin from the North Busheltown Woods chapter of our group. He says they not only summoned Hillbilly Willie successfully, but that he came there to that Walgreens they hang out in and even took some muddy fat guy back to hell with him. Oh my, did you hear that? I've got a sinking feeling that I know the fat man they're speaking of. <laughs> we've got to get out and find Cliff and Kendall. I told you this booking was too dangerous. Dear, we've been over this. We were in no position to turn this down. Hey. I know I'm just a temp, and I may not have a lot of experience working places long term, but I don't think this is the time for an argument about your bank account. Terry's right. Just because she's only a temp, there's no reason to doubt her. <laughs> Austin, dear, Terry's down-to-earth street smarts were never in question. If you don't shut up, you're all going to be as dead as that Furby I just sacrificed for nothing. <laughs> is that the police at long last? You folks are lucky this time, but it ain't the last you've heard of us. Cult Brothers, please! <laughs> As the South Busheltown suburbs chapter of the hillbilly Willie worshipping cult scurried like mostly silent rats into the night, the local authorities untied the hostages. Oh, thank you, Sheriff Frogblast. This has been a harrowing evening indeed. Well, it looks like you folks' troubles are over. 
Just forget about the last eight hours of being tied up and held at knife point. Be free now and go on about your lives. <laughs> I'm ready for breakfast. Oh, I'm sorry to say, sir, that our harrowing evening isn't over yet, simply because it's almost morning. Oh, yes, our friends are still missing. They were waiting for us outside while we were held at knife point all this time. Hmm. Missing friends, you say? Can you give me a description? Uh, uh, let's see, brown hair. Balding and Caucasian. Uh, somewhere around six feet tall. And well, well, they're rather large and heavy men, but I'll never admit to having told you that, officer. Uh, which one y'all talking about? Both of them. Hmm. Any other distinguishing characteristics? Hmm, let me see. Oh, one of them's gay, but you'd never guess which one. You know, come to think of it, this may be a long shot, but I have two peculiar reports from this evening that just might pertain to y'all's lost friends. Oh, dear, things just keep getting stranger. Well, it seems there was a large, muddy man walking down the road out here about a quarter mile north. Now, when I first scanned the image captured by the Bustletown Militia's drone, I thought it to be nothing more than one of our town's many Bigfoot enthusiasts trying out his Halloween costume a few days early. But it could have been one of your missing fat guys. Oh, that does sound like one of our missing fat guys. Austin's best not to jump to conclusions yet. The other report may not be true at all. My deputy got a call saying a local group of crazies blew up an old smoke shack because they saw Hillbilly Willie walk into it. But like I said, they're crazy believing in demon pig farmers and all. Officer, I may just be a temp, not someone who's worked anywhere for very long. But on the one hand, that does mean I know a little bit about a lot of things. And I know Hillbilly Willie is real! <laughs> Sheriff, if you'll forgive Terry's forthright in-your-face attitude, she's right. Hillbilly Willie is real. But what's most important is not our own personal beliefs, but finding our two missing fat guys. Uh, I mean our missing friends, Cliff and Candle. Sheriff Frogblast, can you take us to check these strange reports out? Ma'am, I'm a sworn skeptic, and I'll not likely change my disbelieving ways, but I'm also sworn to uphold the law around these parts. And that includes finding fat people when they go a-missing. Oh, thank you, officer. It's always a pleasure helping out a lovely lady like you, ma'am. <laughs> my! Now, dear, don't forget propriety. <laughs> dear, this is no time for levity, and you know that I value decency, politeness, and decorum above all else. But we've got to find our fat guys, and I'm willing to lay it all on the line. Now, that's the woman I married. Mr. Snodbottom, Mrs. Putterbutter Butterchurn, Austin the office worker, and Terry the Timp all piled into Sheriff Frogblast's squad car in search of the truth. But were they ready to handle the truth? Could Mr. Snodbottom's bowels digest the cold, hard facts? Would Mrs. Putterbutter Butterchurn be forced to sacrifice etiquette in order to find her friends? The squad car pulled up to the scorched earth where the smoke shack stood the night before. The sky had lightened only slightly due to the dreary blanket of clouds that would keep Busheltown in shadow that day. Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn and her fellow travelers stepped around the rubble left by the explosion and explored the scene. Tragic. 
There's only charred earth for as far as the eye can see. I see big chunks of wood everywhere. Oh, there's a door handle and some hinges. And there's like half a tractor. Well, I didn't bring my glasses. There's some part of a dead animal over there. It's pretty bloody. Ugh, there's meat hanging off the bone? Like something's been gnawing at it? Oh, poor beast! Oh, now I see something is coming into focus here. It, it's a receipt. For what, dear? I can't make out the purchases, but simply judging by how long it is, I see it belongs to Cliff and Candle. It's also covered in donut powder. Oh, that's them, all right! Oh, I found something else! It's a punch card for an ice cream parlor! One of them was here, but which one exploded? Oh, my! All this evidence seems pretty circumstantial, if you want my opinion as the sheriff. It has Kendall's name on it. Ugh, never mind. Oh dear. Kendall was blown to bits over oh heavens. Oh, uh, I don't think my bowels can take these dreadful surprises. Then this huge wad of meat over here is Kendall? Oh god, I think I'm gonna blorch. Cry and blorch! The appalling truth began to set in for the four friends, and as they all took turns crying and blorching, Mrs. Potterbutter Butterchurn realized she knew what they had to do next. Oh, we have to follow the trail to Cliff. He could still be alive. Uh, ma'am, we're not sure that muddy, fat, bigfoot-looking creature was your friend, and even if he was, the drone lost his trail not far from here. But I know where he went. Oh, dear. That horrid young man who kept us at knife point. The only one who would speak to us. He said a muddy fat man went to hell with Hillbilly Willie and they left from a Walgreens. We've got to go to that Walgreens. Dear, you can't believe he really took him to hell. That's too ghastly to imagine. Oh, dear, I don't know what I believe anymore, but we've got to find out. Sheriff Frogblast, please take us to the Walgreens. <clears throat> only Walgreens left in town was in the North Busheltown woods. It closed about six weeks ago. Now it's just an abandoned building filled with expired medicines and dangerously out-of-date shampoos. I doubt that's where anything happened, but I'll gladly check it out, if only because it means being in your presence a little more, my fine lady. The five people on a mission set forth towards the old abandoned Walgreens in the North Busheltown woods. If the sky hadn't been quite so dark... Perhaps they would have seen a clump of trees on their left sway far more than that day's limp wind could move them. Perhaps they would have seen the people who stood in the trees. People who wore masks and robes. People who only hours earlier had become arsonists. People who were about to commit arson again. It was drearier than the dreariest 7 a.m. you can imagine as the group pulled into the old abandoned parking lot outside the old abandoned Walgreens. Dear, you can't just walk into this spooky old Walgreens demanding justice. We don't know what happened. This is the North Bushletown Woods in late October. When Hillbilly Willie is involved, all bets are off. Wow, there's a lot riding on this moment. Even though Kendall is dead, and, and Cliff is almost certainly dead too. Oh, dear! D- dear Mr. Snodbottom, Austin, our office worker, and, and Terry, the temp, who doesn't know us that well yet, and Becky, sweet, innocent Becky, who isn't here because Kendall wanted her to stay back at the studio so she could sign for a package that might be delivered. 
And even that filthy Charles the contractor who could never seem to fix more than he destroys. All of us, together, we're a family because of Cliff and Kendall. And if one of them is still alive, we've got to find them. We've got to stick together. Here, here, we're behind you, girl. This may mean facing death himself, but I'm going in. What is it? It's 7 a.m. Some people in this clubhouse are trying to sleep. What's that you say, Cousin Gary? Clubhouse? You know I'm sworn to uphold the law and squatting can't be done. Especially in some place as dangerous as this old Walgreens. What if him out of date shampoos started blowing up? Somebody could lose an eye. Oh, Cousin Sheriff, you really making us leave? We ain't done nothing wrong. Excuse me, I consider summoning a hell demon doing something wrong. How'd you know about that? So you admit it. I may be a skeptic, but you might as well tell us your version of the story. If you haven't blacked it out with too many blood-like platinums, that is. Come on, Cousin Chef. We just burned some stuff, stepped on a water bug, I drank a gallon of pig blood, and then the demon-possessed pig farmer showed up. Then this muddy fat guy we picked up from the road told Hillbilly Willie he'd just seen his co-host blow up and asked, could he go back to hell with him, please? And then they went back to hell. See, it, it weren't hardly worth mentioning. Can we go back to sleep? Gary, you sleep this one off, and then y'all clear out of this Walgreens. Sheriff's orders. Cousin Sheriff, I wish I could slam this sliding door. What does he mean, took him back to hell? That must be a hallucination. Oh, how I wish there was someone who could tell us the answers. Hey, everybody. While you were talking to that robe guy from Walgreens, I was FaceTiming with Becky back at the studio. I told her a little bit about our situation, and she said we should talk to that psychic nun who lives at the orphanage. Oh, bless dear Becky. That's a great idea. Uh, she also said that Charles, the contractor, fixed the leak in the kitchen sink, but broke a mirror in the bathroom while he was doing it. And he, she said to tell Kendall his package was delivered this morning. Oh, I guess I should have told her Kendall's dead. Austin, there'll be time for that later. Now, we've got to make our way to the orphanage. The same orphanage that tried to help us adopt Hillbilly Willie only last year. The sheriff drove the group to the orphanage. But another shock in a long succession of shocks was just about to shock them. Orphanage closed. Due to budget cuts and hauntings. Oh my, it's a sign of the times. Hey guys, that girl you work with, Becky, I don't know her that well, but she just commented on this photo I posted on Instagram, a photo of that orphanage clothes sign I just took. I don't even know how she saw the picture to comment on it. Oh, I, I saw you posted the pic on Instagram and I shared it on Facebook. What in blazes are you two talking about? Becky, the girl from your studio, says Cliff and Kendall both have the psychic nun's phone number stored in their phones. Blast it all. Candle left his phone in the moving van, but we don't have it. Oh, no, I've got it, dear. I put it in my purse because I thought we would find him alive. There, there, dear. Austin, will you see if you can dial up psychic nun, Sister Mary Mildred? Sure. Here, it's ringing. I put it on speakerphone. Hello? Sister Mary Mildred, this is Mr. Snodbottom, producer of the internet talk show. Mr. Snodbottom, you can stop there. I just had a vision not two minutes ago that you were going to call, and I picked up many vibrations from the beyond and have a pretty good idea of your situation. Oh, thank goodness. First off, 
Believe it or not, Cliff went back to hell with Hillbilly Willie. Oh, the humanity! There is a way to get him back from hell, though, but it's pretty complicated. Wait, hold on. Are you, are you getting another call, dear? No, something's about to happen there. I'll stay on the line. What is she? Oh my! We're surrounded by more masked men in robes! Not another chapter of that hillbilly willy worshipping cult! Is this the group of crazies that blew up our beloved Kendall? The men in masks and robes drew closer to our group of survivors. They drew closer and closer until they were right upon them. Oh, I'm afraid my bowels are betraying my alarm. Are you the fiends that exploded our friend? The closest robe man took off his mask. Oh my! Exploded? Who exploded? Candle boy, you're alive. Well, yeah, I was never dead. I would have called you, but I left my phone in the moving van. Boy, why are you with this masked man? Well, it's a long story. It began last night in the rain. Cliff and I were about to go into this shack for shelter since someone left us outside for so long. Cliff ran back to get some donuts and I went into the shack. But then I had to pee really bad and I didn't want to pee in the shack because it was full of about 200 hams. So I ran out in the woods. Well, while I was peeing, I heard this huge explosion and I turned around and it was the shack. And I looked around for Cliff, but I didn't see him. I didn't think he'd made it there yet. But I was so shaken and shocked from seeing fire shoot from that shack like that, I just shrieked and ran. I ran through the forest, which wasn't so deep after all, and ended up on a sheep farm. I peered through the windows of the farmhouse and saw these guys in robes. I I couldn't see their faces, but it didn't matter. It turns out all these guys have taken a vow of silence, so when they communicated, they wrote on these little dry race boards that hang around their necks inside their robes. I could see everything they were saying. They had blown up the shack because they thought I was Hillbilly Willie. I was so traumatized by the whole event that I wasn't sure what I was doing. Next thing I knew, I was wearing a robe and a mask that spotted left outside by a sheep pen, and I later learned that this robe and mask belonged to a cult brother named Alabama after his birth state. I don't need to tell you why cult brother Alabama just robed out in the sheep pen. Oh my! Stay strong, dear. Anyway, I was wearing a mask so they thought I was Alabama. The cult inside wants to bring back Hillbilly Willie, and the silent cult brothers out here want to get rid of Hillbilly Willie for good. Candlebone. You can't seriously be talking about murdering all those men inside that Walgreens across town. No, we let them get out. And I could also use some antacids if any fresh ones are left inside. Ooh, we had a breakfast buffet before we got here. Now we just want to burn down their clubhouse. I'm afraid I can't allow that. I'm Sheriff Frog Blast and I'm the law around here. And I don't need any more explosions this week. In fact, you quiet boys standing around, take off your masks. Ugh, God darn it. Logan Frog Blast, you get your brothers back home. If your mother finds out you're taking a vow of silence for a cult, you'll get your hide panned, I swear it. My own children intending to burn down a Walgreens. Oh, my dears, we have one friend saved, but another in far more danger, I'm afraid. You mean Cliff? Where is he? He's in hell, boy. <sighs> Hello, Sister May Mildred, Psychic Nun. I'm still on the line. Nothing heavens! Carry the tent. You and Austin carry Kendall to the back of the squad car. Mr. Snodbottom and Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Turn, listen to me. If you want to get Cliff back from hell, this is what you have to do. As Sister Mary Mildred, the psychic nun, laid out the plan from an undisclosed location, Sheriff Frogblast cleared the cult members out of the old Walgreens and requisitioned the building for official police business. 
the official police business of opening a portal to hell itself. Later, the group sat in a circle inside Walgreens. They had compiled the necessary ingredients from a list given to them over speakerphone. Candles were lit, a bundle of rye was burning, and the ritual was about to begin. We call upon the powers of the universe, both dark and light, that tonight we may open a doorway to hell itself. We need our friend back, and we're afraid he's made a huge mistake. Dear, now you must drink the hot rye tea. Careful, it's very hot, but that's part of the ceremony. Oh, heaven help me. Oh, it's so hot. Drink, dear, it's the only way. Oh, oh it's burning my throat. Stop, Mrs. Butter, 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 Churn, you're hurting yourself. Candle boy. If you want that fat co-host of yours back, this is the only way. Dear, you must drink the boiling hot rye tea. Oh, it hurts! <laughs> Dear! The doorway to hell is open! Candle Bower, the ancient runes say that only one may enter. It's up to you, Bower. I want to see two big old boas back here. Pronto, understand? I know what I have to do. He's gone. He's through the door. And Candle are in hell. Yes, at that moment, both Cliff and Kindle were in hell. Cliff had been taken there almost one Earth Day ago, but in a bitter twist, one Earth Day is equal to one and a half hell days. <gasps> Cliff had been in hell for over 24 hell hours, but Kindle had been there only moments when he spotted a familiar face. Cliff! Kendall! Oh, that's Cliff. What are you doing here in hell? I've been here a day and a half already, and since I hadn't seen you, I figured you went to heaven after that explosion. I came here to bring you back home. You came to hell to rescue me. I knew I was right to completely lose my mind when you died. You came to hell for me. You are a true friend. Although now that I'm here, hell is not at all what I would have expected. There's no fire and brimstone. In fact, am I crazy or are we in an olive garden? Well, it's not exactly olive garden, but you know, it'll do for hell. But there is one horrible thing. The bread's always a little cold here. This is all very perplexing. But we have to go. The portal back to Earth may close soon. Okay, we can go. Oh, you know who I saw this morning? Sebastian. You know my old assistant, the Satanist? Oh yeah, how is he? He's good. Have you seen anybody else we know? Not that only we know him, but I've seen John Wayne several times. Oh, and this is the worst thing about hell, okay? Even worse than this runny chocolate mousse, which is, yeah, it's black. Uh, the most popular internet talk show in hell is hosted by our former nemeses, Clint and Kenneth. Their stupid show is even more popular than MP3 episodes of This American Life down here. Okay, now we really have to go and lead really good lives so we don't have to wind back up here. I couldn't stand an attorney listening to Clint and Kenneth I remember how they tormented us. Plus, their show really sucked. Okay, let's hit that portal. Just let me finish this chocolate mousse. It's a little runny, but you know, for hell it's not so bad. Cliff! Okay, okay, I'll take it with me. So, you were saying you didn't explode. No, I went to pee. <laughs> Aren't misunderstandings really funny? Can I get you to anything else? More cold bread? Another runny chocolate mousse? Perhaps some blackened pasta salad? No, we're good, thanks. Hey, I just realized where I know these guys from. I was a waitress that month, 
I couldn't get an air-rating job, and I had to pick up after fat slobs like Cliff and Kendall. And let me tell you, they are disgustingly huge. I can't believe I met them. What are the odds? Small universe. Anyway, back to the story. Okay, we'll jump through the portal back to Earth before Hillbilly Willie notices you've left hell. Oh, this place is so huge, he'll never notice. In fact, I'm pretty sure he won't remember any of this ever happened. Boys, you're a sight for sore eyes. Thank all of you for bringing me back from hell. It really means a lot that you'd do all this just for me. Well, we're kind of like a family. You, Mr. Snodbottom, Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn, Austin, our office worker, Terry the Temp, although we don't know you that well, and of course, sweet young Becky back at the studio. And even though it took him 16 weeks to patch that hole in the ceiling, even horrible old Charles the Contractor is part of our family. Boy. You've made a horrifying Halloween heartwarming. But since we are all alive and on Earth, if we leave now, we can make it to the country club for your one-night Halloween performance in the South Bristletown suburbs. Oh, that sounds like just the thing to brighten my mood. Let's go. You only live once, right? (laughs) (laughs) Quite right, dear. (laughs) And so the group made it to the Halloween performance in the South Bristletown suburbs. The country club audience received the show warmly, and if there were any cult brothers in the audience that night, they were either too polite or respected Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn's respect for politeness too much to cause a stir. In truth, the brave Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn and the stalwart Mr. Snodbottom were having a fine time performing themselves. Cause there's no nicer witch slaying you. Then you, girl. Oh, dear, then you. (laughs) Thank you, dears. It's been quite a few days. (laughs) Yes, but there's nowhere else we'd rather be. And there's nowhere else Cliff and Candle would rather be either. Here they are now to close the show. Happy Halloween, everyone. Oh, happy Halloween, Bushel Town. Happy Halloween! Oh my God, Kendall, what is that up there? Uh oh. Well, I saw the thing coming out of the sky. It had one long horn, one big eye. I commenced to shaking and I said, "Ooh, it looks like a purple people eater to me." It was a one-eyed, one-horned flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned flying purple people eater. Sure looks strange to me. One eye? Well, it came down to earth and he lit in a tree. I said, Mr. Purple People Leader, don't eat me. And I heard him say in a voice so gruff, I wouldn't need you cause I'd throw up. It was, it was a one-eyed, one-horned, blind, purple people After the show, the group sat in the lobby of the country club for a few moments, the thrill of performing in front of a live crowd slowly turning into utter exhaustion. The group was relaxing, but... What they didn't know was how premature their relaxation was. There was one more shock headed their way that night. Night, night. Oh, Mr. Snodbottom, I'm utterly exhausted. Can we not just pack up and go? 
Kendall, Austin said we had to face chat Becky at the studio. She texted during the show that it's an emergency. Oh, Charles the contractor blew up the studio. It's been two years since he did it last. Hey guys, Becky's chat window is up. Say hi. Hi, hey. Becky. What's the problem? Hey guys. Oh, Kendall, there's no problem. You're not trying to give us some weird Halloween scare, are you? We're all pretty tired. You might even say some of us have been to hell and back. <laughs> it's nothing scary. It's something happy. Oh, my package came. Did you put it in the freezer? In the freezer? What did you order? Ice cream. Yes, Kendall, your mail order ice cream is in the freezer. But I have something to tell you. Nothing scary, I promise. No, it's something joyous. Charles, the contractor, and I are getting married! Nothing scary? Nothing scary? <laughs> I told you this was the most shocking Halloween tale I'd ever skimmed, and I stand by my assertion. We leave our group here. Cliff and Kindle are back from hell and out of Hillbilly Willie's clutches. At least until next Halloween. Don't touch that dial, binge listeners. Stay tuned to find out what happened the next time Cliff and Kendall met the demon-possessed big farmer. It's crazy, it's crazy, man. Thank you, nurse. You may leave us. So, how have you been feeling? Any changes? No. I just have a question, and if you don't feel like answering it, that's okay. Where, where, um, where is it exactly that we are? Uh, now this is upsetting. We've been through this for days now. The first day you were here, I went over it during my orientation lecture. You then went over it in group session the next day for eight hours straight, and every day after for several hours with your private counselor. Not to mention it's stamped all over my uniform, this desk, and on several signs all over the room. It's also on your wristband. What is? <sighs> Where we are now. Oh, <laughs> um, I have to say I am so glad you brought that up. I've been meaning to ask you about that about where we are. Did you happen to mention where it is we are now? Uh, I have never seen someone with your injury exhibit your exact symptoms. It really boggles the mind. I know I shouldn't take out my frustrations on you since you're just an injured patient. That does bring up another good point. What is my injury again? Oh, oh, and one other thing. I hate to just heap these questions on you like the rocks they used to sometimes pile on suspected witches in Salem during the witch trials. That's just something everybody should know. Sorry. I'm off track. Three quick questions, Doc. Where are we? How was I injured? And lastly, only if you have the time, who is it exactly that I am? Oh, oh my. I really don't have time to go over this right now. I'll try and stop by your room after I get out of surgery this evening. Okay, I guess that's fair. Nurse, nurse, nurse. <laughs> yes, doctor. Could you take this patient down to see Dr. Goodhappy? Dr. Medulla, do you really think that is necessary? 
Yes, nurse, I do. And let me remind you which one of us went to Busheltown Community College for nine and a half years to get that diploma hanging behind me. Doctor, there's no diploma hanging behind you. Damn it! Why does everything I hang up fall down? Nurse, please get going and bring me a hammer. I lost mine. Again! 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 Yes, doctor, right away. Come along, dear. It's time for treatment. Nurse? Yes, dear. Could you tell me something? I mean, the doctor said he would come by when he's done operating. Oh, Dr. Medulla doesn't operate, dear. He's a psychiatrist. Oh, but he said surgery. Oh, yes, dear. He's having surgery today. He's having some fat removed from beneath his armpits. <laughs> he's been very sensitive about it all his life. Poor dear. But anyway, I think I know what you'd like to ask. I'm pretty sure because you've asked me the same question every day since you've arrived. <laughs> oh, well. First, your name is Cliff. And you have a mind injury. A brain injury? Oh, no, dear. Your brain is just fine. It's your mind that's on the fritz. And lastly, of course, dear, is my uniform, name tag, and wrist tattoo states. We're at the Busheltown Mental Health Facility. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I didn't notice. One more thing. Dr. Goodhappy. Who is he? I'm afraid he's another kind of therapist, dear. I don't know what good it'll do to talk to another therapist if I can't remember anything. <laughs> oh, dear. You don't need to remember anything to see Dr. Goodhappy. You just have to be able to bite down on something and have electrodes attached to your temples. He's a shock therapist, dear. In fact, his office is right over there, so let's go evacuate your bowels and head over to the... Oh, what was that? Oh, did you hurt yourself, dear? Oh my, first an injured mind, now this. No, I'm okay. What's in this box? Oh, it's another delivery that should have gone next door. You see, the Busheltown Mental Health Facility is next door to the Busheltown Metal Hammer Factory. And when abbreviations are used on address labels, all manner of mishaps occur. <laughs> I do wish someone would get this giant box of hammers out of everyone's way. Orderly! 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 Oh, there's never anyone around when you need them. It's not proper etiquette for everyone to be on a coffee break at the same time. I don't care if this is where they announce the winning lottery numbers on KBSH. Nurse, what happened to my mind? I know I must have an injury because none of this is making any damn sense. Your mind injury has caused memory loss, but most baffling to the doctors is that you also appear to have gained a considerable amount of weight, which almost never happens to those afflicted with your particular mind injury. You know, the weight gain part feels familiar somehow. Yes, dear. Okay, now we really must go see Dr. Goodhappy. Do I really have to? I mean, didn't I just have a breakthrough or remembering about being fat like I just did? Maybe so, but we really must be on our way. It's just shock treatment sounds so... Shocking! <laughs> I was going to say extreme. I don't really want to do that. Oh, dear, we mustn't say anything like that. You don't want to upset the head doctor, the chief. Which one's the chief? Dr. Medulla? Dr. Goodhappy? Oh, neither of them, dear. Now come along. I, th I just think maybe we should talk about it. Dr. Goodhappy! Happy, 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 happy! Yes, nurse? Could you help me with this patient? Of course, nurse. Always happy to help a lovely lady like you, girl. <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> just grab him about the arms like this. Hey, wait! Settle down, boy. Very good. That's a nice grip you've got there, nurse. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor. Now, we'll just drag him into my office. I think this is a bad idea. Bite down on this, boy. Now we apply the electrodes. Is that oh, right, Doctor? Yes, dear. But don't forget, we must first smear the general area with this highly conductive gel. It helps the electricity get right into the injured part of the patient's mind. All right, now the electrodes. Nurse girl, 
Would you please raise the lever on the transducer? Now, we'll simply turn the dial to eight, the prescribed level, and set the timer for half an hour. Modern medicine is so fascinating. (laughs) Now, as our patient is being healed, we do seem to have some time to ourselves, if you catch my drift. (laughs) Doctor. (laughs) You know, girl, something about the prospect of making love in front of a hopeless patient seems to be exciting me. (laughs) Doctor, that's not proper etiquette, you know. Oh, oh, yes, girl. I know. And neither is this. (laughs) Doctor. Oh, nerds. Oh, God. Hand me some of that highly conductive gel stat. <laughs> Here you are. Say it, Doctor. Oh, you're a naughty nurse. <laughs> Dirty Doctor, that's oh. definitely not proper etiquette. Oh, you're a naughty nurse. Breaking all the rules of polite society. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Doctor. Oh, my etiquette. Oh, oh my My, how time does fly. Is it over? It's all over, dear. And I know you don't remember anything. No one ever does after a session with Dr. Goodhappy. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm glad I don't remember that session. Hmm. Well. Excuse me. Oh, my. Who is that? Oh, I didn't mean to startle you. It's just me, Sister Mary Mildred of the Convent of the Brothers of the Holy Life. Oh, I don't believe we've met. I'm Nurse Pebblebucket. So very nice to meet you. Um, I need some help as I seem to be lost. I had directions to the Busheltown Married Homeless Foundation. I, I can't seem to find the building. Oh, this happens all the time, dear. The Busheltown Married Homeless Foundation is next door. I thought you said the Busheltown Metal Hammer Factory was next door. It is, dear, on the other side. Now, sister, if you'll hold on a minute, I think I have some of the Busheltown Married Homeless Foundation's mail. <laughs> you know how confusing it can get when people use abbreviations on their mail. Wait right here, dear. I shan't be a moment. That's fine. So, um... Is a nun outfit like a kilt? Do you wear underwear under there? Never mind that. Cliff, it's me, Sister Mary Mildred. I know, I just heard you introduce yourself to Nurse Pebblebucket. I guess you didn't introduce me because I'm just a patient with a mind injury. No, I know you. Remember? I'm a psychic nun. Well, really, I I witnessed the murder before it was going to happen and then went into hiding, posing as a choir-directing nun. Then our choir went all the way to regionals and then nationals, and somewhere along the way I grew to love the life of a choir-directing nun. So I joined the convent and officially became the thing I was pretending to be, which I actually knew I was going to do long before I did it because I'm psychic, but that's just my confusing backstory. I'm really here to save you. We don't have long. I Here you go, dear. Here's the mail for the Busheltown Married Homeless Foundation. Nurse Pebblebucket, I-, I think there may be a mistake. Um... This is a box of hammers marked return to sender. No, my exploding ace takes your right. <laughs> oh, I told you these postal mishaps happen all the time. Oh, well, never mind. Sorry to have waylaid you, sister. Oh, it's no trouble. I'll see you both around, I'm sure. Peace be with you. And with you. What a nice nun. Now, dear, about you. What about me? It's to the peer recreation room for you, for peer recreation. Time to mingle with the other patients, dear. Right over there. Through that doorway. Just walk toward the sound of the radio, dear. I'll see you later, dear. Toodaloo! Good night, night. Good night, night, night.
You're listening to the broadcast home of Up next, some instrumental music. Oh, what's that smell? It's that fat guy over there in the urine corner. Urine corner? It's what we call the corner over there with all the urine in it. Oh, oh that makes sense. Hey, you want to play checkers? I don't think I remember how. It's easy. I'll teach you. Sit down. Now, I'll be blacks and you be reds. Just watch what I do and then do the reverse. Got it? I think so. Good. I hate explaining things. You're going to the Halloween party? Halloween party? Yeah, it's almost Halloween. Haven't you noticed? See all the jack-o'-lanterns on the bulletin board? Oh, I thought those were constipated chili beans. Who made them? I did, but they only had maroon construction paper, and they wouldn't let me have the scissors, so I had to bite the faces out with my teeth. They're pretty good for having been bitten out. Thanks! That's funny. What? I never noticed that before. What? That nun sitting over there who keeps motioning to you. Oh, oh, excuse me for a second, will you? Sure. Sister Mary Mildred. Cliff, I have to talk to you. We have to figure out a way to save you. Save me from what? What are you talking about? Save me from the one who caused all of this. All of what? My mind injury? No! No, Someone evil is controlling your entire life. Is it Papa John? No! The terror of the North Busheltown Woods himself. The demon-possessed pig farmer that's known to those far near as the one and only Hillbilly Willie. Yes, it was, of course, Hillbilly Willie, the demon-possessed pig farmer from the North Busheltown Woods. He had, of course, returned to the lives of Cliff and Kendall just in time for the scariest night of the year, Halloween. Halloween. Oh, excuse me, I do hope you'll pardon me for not introducing myself. I am a narrator who has been chosen at random by a certain otherworldly force to relate to you this horrifying Halloween tale that is certain to frighten anyone who hears it to their very core. I also apologize for running so late. There was an accident on the freeway and, well, let's just say where I come from, the traffic is hell. (laughs) Now, back to the story. While Sister Mary Mildred was visiting the Busheltown Mental Health Facility, there was another more terrifying visitor headed for the Busheltown studio that was now home to Cliff and Kendall Coast to Coast, a little-known internet talk show slash filler program for local radio station KBSH, Busheltown's own Rye 99. Mr. Snodbob! Yes, Candlebow. Please stop shouting. I know we're all under a high level of stress due to present circumstances, but please be courteous, boy. Okay, Mr. Sidebot, I'm sorry. I just wanted to know when Terry the Temple's going to get here. She should be arriving any moment, boy. It's just so weird that Cliff's not here. I know. I keep thinking I see him out of the corner of my eye, eating a handful of candy cones or picking a caramel from his teeth. I know. When I see Charles the Contractor's truck backfire outside, I keep thinking it's Cliff belching. Hello, <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, by the look of your faces, I can see you're talking about Cliff. Yes, dear. 
You know, we've done the show together for seven years. We survived the moves from New York and L.A. to Busheltown, and now this. He goes out for frosting one day and never comes back. How long has it been now, boy? Three days. If it hadn't been Charles the Contractor's birthday, I would have never had to make that cake, and then Cliff and I would have never eaten the whole tub of frosting while the cake was in the oven, and then he would have never had to walk to the food more to get more. I'll never forget the last words Cliff ever said to me. I'm going to get more frosting. I'll be right. Back, back, back. It's all Charles back. the Contractor's fault. Undoubtedly. <laughs> of course, dear. Now we have to do the big Halloween show at the Potter Butter Butter Churn Center for the Arts with a guest host. Oh, dear, I'm sure he would have wanted it this way. Have there been any updates from Sheriff Frogblast? Nothing yet. Oh, you guys, uh, sorry, I spilled coffee on my pants in the truck and I wanted to wait until it dried before I got out. Uh, did Cliff ever come back with that frosting from a cake? No, Cliff never came back, and it doesn't matter anyway since I stress ate the unfrosted cake the night it disappeared. Oh, it was so dry, it hurt going down. Like, you know, a bucket of sand. But I was so stressed out. It's understandable, by the way. Oh, okay, well... Oh, I gotta run. I have a lunch date with this woman I met at the truck stop. Uh, I should be back in time to patch up that hole in the wall them raccoons made when they spilled that old sour cream. Well, you're the one that lets the sour cream out when the raccoons could smell it. Oh, uh, hey, I know I may have said it was me at the time, but, um, uh, now that, uh, Cliff's not here, I guess it's finally okay to say it was him. It was his fault. Uh, alright, okay, see y'all later. Uh, happy Halloween. Uh, why did he wish us Happy Halloween today? Halloween is tomorrow. Why did he even come in here at all? <laughs> With Charles the Contractor, it's anybody's guest here. Charles, I hope you're not trying to get out of work tomorrow. Oh, oh, Tara the Tempt, it's you, girl. Hi, everybody. I just got off the bus. Oh, where was your last temp job? On the bus. I was the driver. I looped the loo between Smackover and Atlantic City every day for about a week. Well, Tara, I'm glad you could come and temporarily help us out. I guess you've heard, Cliff is missing. He went out for frosting three days ago and never came back. Hello, everyone. Any word on Cliff's whereabouts? Hello, Sharon, dear. No word yet. Terry, this is our new office worker, Crockpot. I, I mean, Sharon. Some people have been calling her Crockpot because on her first day she brought her lunch at Crock. <laughs> I just like a good, warm lunch. She helps us out since Austin started those classes at Busheltown Community College. What is it, boy? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a fax from Sheriff Fogblast. Has anyone seen the boy, boy? No. He says a witness saw a balding fat guy walking on the golf course in the South Busheltown suburbs, but it was just Ralphie Blarp trying to scare away some field rats. There's another unidentified fat bald guy seen lurking around the Busheltown knife store, but that was just some guy who was holding up knifeless people at knife point before they went into the knife store. They caught that guy, though, after he got stabbed trying to hold up someone who was making a return. It wasn't Cliff. I'm beginning to think I've lost my co-host forever. 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 Yes, things were indeed looking hopeless for the Cliff and Kendall gang. The dark and stormy day turned into a darker and stormier night. It was the night before Halloween, and everyone stayed very late working at the studio, preparing for the next evening's big show. What they didn't know was that they were about to receive a sudden shock. A shock that would admittedly pale in comparison to other shocks they would later receive, but would still be quite shocking initially. Is everything ready for the big witch doctor number Cliff and I are going to do tomorrow night? I mean, Terry and I are doing? Feels so weird to say that. I know, Bower, but we mustn't lose hope. We could still find Cliff in time for him to share his perfect pitch with the fans tomorrow night. I don't know. I read this pamphlet Sheriff Frogblast gave me. 
and it said most missing co-hosts that aren't found in 24 hours are never seen or heard from again. I just never would have guessed that after all the horrible things that had happened to us in the past five Halloweens, that the sixth horrible thing would be Cliff vanishing after going out for frosting one night. I always expected Austin to die, but never this. Yes, it is shocking. Hey everybody, I've got an idea that might cheer us up. I brought this Ouija board from home and thought maybe we could contact someone on the other side and see if they know where Cliff is. Oh dear, did I hear someone say Ouija board? I just thought that since we were out of other options... It's just that I'm afraid it's not proper etiquette to use a Ouija board since it may be a tool of the devil himself. But when I bought it, it was right under the operation game. My exploding haystacks, don't get me started on that. Did you know the number of botched home operations has risen dramatically ever since operation was first introduced? (gasps) I think we may as well try Crockpot's idea. What do we do? Is everyone here? Where's Terry the Tim? Oh, she's napping. Poor tired temporary deer. Then this is everyone. Okay, we all need to put our hands on this planchette. This is beginning to feel a little strange. I'm not sure we should be attempting to talk to demons, dear, but I guess if it helps us find Cliff, it might be worth it. We call out to the spirits of whoever might be passing through our part of town and can hear this please, please. Is anything happening? Uh, I don't feel anything. We call upon the... Hey, are you moving that? It's not me. I hope it's not Satan. Is someone there? It's moving. (gasps) Yes, someone's here. Uh, who in the spirit world is contacting us? Oh oh my, it's moving again. T. T. Y. Y. E. E. R. (gasps) Tyler, who is that? Oh my word, can it be... Tyler was Cliff's assistant. He was murdered by a cult member three years ago this Halloween. A cult member who was worshipping Hillbilly Willie. Hillbilly Willie? I mean, I do believe in Ouija boards, horoscopes, and evolution, but Hillbilly Willie? That crazy story about a pig farmer possessed by hell demons is just a legend, right? Oh dear, if only that were true. Yes, Hillbilly Willie is very real, and I would be very worried about him this Halloween, but I guess we've been sidetracked by Cliff's disappearance. I mean, would Hillbilly Willie really terrorize us when we're down like this? Look, everyone, the thing on the board is moving. What's it spelling out? E V I L Evil! I S S Evil is C O L I N G Evil is coming? Dear Tyler's ghost, are you sure? Perhaps he meant evil is going. Hello, everyone. I'm back. Cliff! You're back! You're back! Oh, my heavenly stars! I am Cliff, and I am back. But I must rest now, if you'll excuse me. Oh, my. I think my irritable bowels are beginning to register the shock that the rest of me is feeling. Did that just happen? Did he just walk into the storage closet? I am so confused. Confused? Shocked? I wish I could say the confusion and shock were about to subside, but I'm afraid they will only be compounded by what is about to happen next. The strange goings-on in the studio weren't the only strange things going on that night. 
at the Busheltown Mental Health Facility, Cliff was sneaking around after hours. Hey, hey, wake up. What? Who's, who's there? It's Cliff. Sorry I never came back after talking to that nun. She told me some really weird things. That's okay. Did you come to tell me what costume you're going to wear to the Halloween party? I don't really want any duplicates. Well, I was thinking of maybe Batman or Superman or Spider-Man. Oh, you're way too fat and bald for any of those. But it, it's a costume party. Yeah, but you don't need to wear that much of a costume. Hmm, what costume would suit you? You can't be Uncle Buck because that's who I was going to be. You could be Jabba the Hutt or Pizza the Hutt. Or you could be Michael Moore if you lost 10 pounds. Look, I'll just be Norm from Cheers, but it won't matter anyway, I don't think. What does that mean? I can't tell you. Okay, I need your help. You may not believe this, but the nun I was talking to today told me there's an evil presence in this mental health facility. Now don't be alarmed. We can't tell anyone else or this evil presence whose name I can't even say out loud or he might hear me. This evil presence might find out and then it's curtains for us both. Do you get me? Everything except for the curtains part. Do you mean drapes? Yes, it's drapes for us both if this evil presence finds out we know. Now, I need your help gathering some supplies for a ritual we have to perform in order to exercise the evil. Okay, but I'm so fat I may bump into a lot of things. That's okay, because if anyone sees either of us up roaming around, we can just pretend we're eating a midnight snack. Can we really get a snack? It would definitely make it look more realistic, so yes. In fact, the more snacks, the more realistic it's gonna look. Okay, let's go get some snacks. Wait! I need you to get some other things, too. They're kind of weird, but I'm sure you can find them. I need... Are you going to write this down? I need one pint of authentic Bulgarian Miak. I need a dead man's toe. Oh, oh, hold up. I know there's some authentic Bulgarian Miak in the cafeteria, but where am I supposed to find a dead man's toe? Down in the mental health facility morgue, duh. Oh, okay. What else? Candy, candy, candy. Is that for the ritual or the snack? Both. So, better make it candy, 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 candy. Got it. I've got some other things i got to find, so meet me in the peer recreation room in half an hour. And whatever you do, don't tell anyone else what we're doing. As things were getting stranger in the Busheltown Mental Health Facility, things were turning more bizarre at the studio. Cliff? Cliff? Where have you been, boy? We just want to help you! Cliff, why are you in the storage closet? I was checking on things in storage, obviously. Where have you been? In the storage closet. Before that! You've been gone for three days. Terry the Temp left her temporary bus driving job to come and temporarily guest host this big live Halloween show tomorrow night. Where were you? I was... Uh... <laughs> of course, dear. I, if you'd rather not tell us because it's private... That's it. None of this is making any sense. Candlebow. Perhaps he just needs some more rest before he can... Yes, I need more rest. See you all tomorrow. He just went back into the storage closet. Hey, everyone. Come back to the Ouija board. Is it another message from Tyler? Wait, should we tell Cliff we're talking to his dead assistant? That'll get him to come out of the storage closet. No, that's just it. Remember when Tyler's ghost told us evil is coming? Oh dear, communing with the dead. What's next? Evil is here. Tyler's ghost said that isn't Cliff at all, but a horde of demons. A horde of demons? <gasps> just like Hillbilly Willie? Not just like. Exactly like. That is Hillbilly Willie. He's possessed your co-host. Cliff is possessed by Hillbilly Willie? Oh my. Did Tyler's ghost say how to vanquish the demon? No. 
He said he'd get back to me on that. He said it was 420 in heaven, whatever that means. Oh, dear. Oh, the planchette is moving on the Ouija board again. It's spelling out another message from Tyler. To get rid of the demon-possessing Cliff, use perfect pitch. But Cliff's the only one with perfect pitch around here. I could give it a try, Bo. You know, a Wonder Frank Sinatra lookalike contest in 1947. No, I've got it. We'll play a recording. Cliff sung every song I can think of, and flawlessly. But we have to get Cliff, I mean, Hillbilly Willie, out here to hear it. It's going to take courage, Bo. <laughs> and bravery. Hillbilly Willie could kill Cliff at any moment. Or any one of us. It's another Halloween where all of our lives are on the line. Again. <laughs> Mr. Snodbottom, you cue up one of Cliff's greatest hits on the loudspeaker system. I'll get him out of the storage closet. Oh dear, what will you play? Oh, I've got an idea, dear. Inspired, of course, by my love for you, girl. <laughs> you sweet man, you. <laughs> my love for you is like a night-blooming orchid. Okay, you guys knock it off. Cliff, how about you come out of the storage closet for a second? We're going to do something I think you'll like. What, drain the blood of the innocent? I mean, go bowling? No, even better. We're going to sit and listen to some of your greatest performances. Me? Uh, I'm not really in the mood. Really? It's what you're always begging us to do. It is, huh? Hmm. Okay, Kenny, let's pump up the jams. You heard him. Mr. Snodbottom, hit it! This one goes out to my beautiful wife, Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Show, and it's a beautiful song from our wedding girl. Oh, <laughs> lovely dear. We've tried our hand and love before. So how do you like that? Who, me? Yeah. Anything happening here? I'm getting a slight headache. Does anyone have any BC powder? A headache? Is that all? It's probably due to something in my head. I'll see everyone tomorrow. It's back in the storage closet. Oh, dear. Why didn't it work, Bower? I've been communicating with Tyler's ghost, and he said it's because it was a recording. The perfect pitch needs to be live. But how do we get Glyph to sing if we can't even get him out of the storage closet? Just as Kendall and his friends were running out of ideas, Cliff and the other patients of the Busheltown Mental Health Facility were about to run into a big problem. Hey, do you have everything? I got the Miak, the dead man's toe, and the candy, candy, candy. Did anyone see you? Nope, I was completely unseen. Me too. So far, this plan's gone off perfectly. Ugh! Patients? Out after curfew, I see. Dr. Medulla, we're looking for midnight snacks, that's all. Hmm, and what have we found? Miak, candy, candy, candy. That all jives with your story. But what about this? Uh... A dead man's toe? This seems like work for the good doctor. Dr. Goodhappy, I don't want any more shock treatment. No, not for him. This is a job for the big man upstairs. Someone call the chief. The chief? No, not the chief. The chief is coming. We have to work fast. Take this stuff and... Just what do you think you're doing? Good, here he is. Finally, the chief, Dr. Clockstone. I think you need to talk to this patient. He's taken all the MIAC from the cafeteria and cut a toe from one of the corpses downstairs. 
The chief of the Busheltown Mental Health Facility was none other than demon-possessed pig farmer, Hillbilly Willie. Hillbilly Willie, I think you finally met your match. I will use my perfect pitch to get rid of you. Just as Cliff was taking charge of the Busheltown Mental Health Facility, Kindle and the others were getting another message from the beyond. What do we do now? <laughs> There's a demon-possessed co-host locked in the storage closet. Wait, I'm getting another message from Tyler's ghost. What's he saying? It's a list of ingredients and a chant. Oh, what weird things do we need? Here's the list. You know what's really weird? Is that we have all this in the break room. Oh, get going, dear! Meanwhile, in the Busheltown Mental Health Facility, the chief, who, of course, was none other than Hillbilly Willie, was attempting to deflect the mighty perfect pitch of one of our fat heroes. You'll never be able to keep singing long enough to hold me here. I can sing all night, I can sing all night, like I've never sung before. Hey, I don't get what's going on. It's hard to explain, but this is all happening in my mind. What? But I feel like a real fat person. You're just a fat figment of my imagination. I just can't believe this is all happening in your mind. It is. That's why the male nurse I was f***ing looks just like Jake Gyllenhaal. Which one? The one right over there? Yeah. Speaking of, male nurse Gyllenhaal, I think we have to break up. I wish I knew how to quit you. I know. It will be hard, but... I wish I knew how to quit you. Yeah. I wish I knew how to quit you. Yeah, I know. Okay, Hillbilly Willie, this one goes out to you. You out of my head, Hillbilly Willie. Won't you quit possessing me? I just gotta get you out of my head. All oh, this possession is sure is stressing me. As Cliff's perfect pitch began to exercise Hillbilly Willie from the inside out, the rest of the Cliff and Kendall crew were also taking action. We call upon the power of the light and the power of the night. May the demon that is inside my friend come out and let that be the end. Stars and the moon, let our co host go soon. It's too late, Hillbilly Willie. Now it's too late, though you really did possess me. These demons inside, they took my pride and cannot reside in my body anymore. Although God knows. 
body. Hey ho, demon, let go. Hey ho, demon, let go. You don't own me Don't think that you can keep me in this place You don't own me Just listen to the sounds coming out of my face You can't just take over my head I'll fight with my perfect pitch And I'll win Just you wait and see Oh, listen to this You son of a bitch I'm fat But not one of your pigs Okay I'm morbidly obese But still I deserve To be free So hillbilly willy Get the hell out of me Goodbye, peer recreation room. Goodbye, strangely familiar patient. Goodbye, nurse Jake Gyllenhaal. I miss you most of all. Yes, with those perfectly pitched notes and the chanting of Cliff's friends, he was finally freed of his horrifying demonic possession. But there was one thing none of them had counted on. I'm back in the studio. It's really me again. Kendall, Mrs. Butter 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 Churn, Mr. Snodbottom, Crockpot. Don't forget me. I am Hillbilly Willie. Shit, you're still here. I'll just sing you away. I came in like a wrecking ball. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> I just used my demon powers to gag you. But that's nothing compared to what I'm going to do to the rest of you. Oh, good heavens. Oh, my bowels. <laughs> We'll start this Halloween morning off with some good old-fashioned killing. I think I'll start with... Hmm. I think I'll start by killing whoever's behind door number one. <laughs> but wait! Who's not here? Charles the contractor? <laughs> Terry the temp! Austin might be coming back from college! Oh no, it could be any one of them. Only one way to find out who dies! <laughs> Come in. Hi there, it's your local FedEx delivery man. I have a package here for I hope it's for St. Peter because you're dead, sucker! (laughs) (laughs) Happy Halloween, weirdos! (laughs) Oh my god, he's gone. Hillbilly Willie just flew away again. And good news, I can talk again. And I can sing... Good morning, everyone. I had a great temporary sleep. Good morning, Terry, dear. Oh, no. What happened to that FedEx guy? Hillbilly Willie happened to him. Wow. I can't believe I slept through that. (gasps) Hey, everyone. It's me, Austin. I'm back for the big Halloween show. Hey, what happened to that FedEx guy? Hillbilly Willie just killed him, and you both better be glad you weren't any earlier, or it could have been you. Oh, dear, that poor FedEx man. We should really call Sheriff Frogblast. I'll get right on it, girl. Oh, hey guys, I'm sorry I'm late. Uh, hey, what's with that dead guy wearing a FedEx uniform? 
Charles the Contractor, why couldn't you have gotten here a few moments ago? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what's so funny? Cliff, it's so good to have you back. I didn't know what to do. I know. That was a really scary experience. I only have one question, though, and that's... Oh, you know, this is really uncanny. What is it? It's a fax from the psychic nun, Sister Mary Mildred. She came to visit me at the mental health facility that turned out to just be the place in my mind that Hillbilly Willie was holding me while he was possessing me. How did she visit you? Turns out she astrally projected herself into my brain. And the reason she couldn't come help you guys is all right in this fax. See that paragraph right there? Oh, yep, that makes sense now. Oh, how did you end up being possessed by Hillbilly Willie? Well, I was about to go into the food and more for more frosting when I heard someone behind a dumpster say, Hey, free donuts! And next thing you know, I'm demonically possessed. So it's really my bad. Hey, that clears it up. One thing I was wondering is not how, but why Hillbilly Willie would possess Cliff. (laughs) With Hillbilly Willie, it's anyone's guest, dear. Hey, my turn to ask a question. If Sister Mary Mildred didn't tell you what to do, who did? We used a Ouija board that Crockpot brought in, and we talked to Tyler's ghost. You talked to Tyler's ghost without me? Go get that Ouija board, Crockpot! That Halloween afternoon, Cliff and Tyler's ghost caught up via a long chat through Crockpot's Ouija board. And that Halloween night, Cliff and Kindle and their friends all put on a great Halloween show at the Potter Butter Butter Churn Center for the Arts. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. And then the witch doctor, he told me what to do. He said that the entire Cliff and Kindle gang had a happy Halloween, and that was the last anyone heard of the demon-possessed pig farmer named Hillbilly Willie. Well, for a while. <laughs> Happy Halloween! Once there was a farmer in the North Busheltown woods. He made his money growing corn and selling off dry goods. But what he loved the most was his pigs. Yes, he did really love them more than he should that old hillbilly Willie. He loved those pigs more than his wife, so everybody said. So it's no wonder that she took the preacher to her bed. What happened when he found the mine? Oh, it may sound real silly, but a horde of demons went and possessed old hillbilly Willie. Now he's in the woods searching for his pigs most every night. He kills the folks in his way from sunset through daylight. He murdered some guy yesterday, boy it was a real dilly. So watch out or he'll get to you, old hillbilly Willie. Now don't get between a drove of pigs and their man. Watch out for those demons too, they're all over this land. And if it's a late October night and the air's a little chilly, listen for the crazy laughter of Hillbilly Willie. Yes, watch out or he might just get a little killy. That demon-possessed pig farmer, Hillbilly Welcome to Cliff and Kendall's all-night Halloween episode festival. Tonight, 
hear about the terrifying seventh time Cliff and Kendall crossed paths with the demon-possessed pig farmer known as Hillbilly Willie. Thrill as Cliff and Kendall reveal their story on television. Tremble as Hillbilly Willie cult members take an entire audience hostage. And don't let the fact that this time it happened on Christmas Eve fool you. It's a Halloween horror if there ever was one. Oh, did you boys know that the number one toy for boys in Brazil is a dump truck? While the number one toy for boys in Paraguay is a fire truck? Isn't that interesting? It was on the cover of the December issue of Elf Toy Research. That is really interesting, Santa. But I'm just so full of cookies after that last house we stopped at. Cliff, you shouldn't have eaten the cookies those kids left for Santa. After he was so nice to bring us on a sleigh ride and let us help him deliver toys to children all over the world on Christmas Eve. I didn't eat the cookies they left for Santa. I ate a whole row of mint holiday Oreos they had in their pantry. <laughs> as much as I can relate to your binge eating problems, you really should stop doing that. Okay, Santa. And let me thank you boys again for saving Christmas. Oh, it was nothing any other seven-time co-winner of the Christmas Spirit Award for most Christmas Spirit wouldn't have done. Well, Elfie helped too. And little Christmas robot 01060623 5E. Santa, is one of your sleigh bells electronic? <laughs> no, but several of my reindeer are. What? What's that ringing? It, it's getting louder. Are we approaching the sound barrier or something? No, I think it's your phone. But you have to wake up first before you can answer it. No, I hate waking up. Okay. Hello? Cliff, don't oversleep. It's Christmas Eve. Kendall, you woke me up during the dream where we saved Christmas. Oh my god, I dreamt that last night too. I dream it at least once, every Christmas. Well, you woke me up before I could dream breakfast with Santa. I'm sorry to be the one to bring you back to reality. You know how much I hate that. But we need to get to work on the big Christmas Eve show tonight. Oh no! What? Where are you calling me from? I'm at the clearance corral buying one more string of lights for the tree at the studio. And I just saw these really good looking Christmas donuts. What is this show benefiting again? The Busheltown Home for Orphans and Wayward Infants. And our personal stakes are very high in this. <gasps> you know Mr. Snodbottom and Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn still want to adopt a baby. And if this orphanage closes, they may never get another chance. It's the only orphanage that would approve such elderly parents. Okay. Remember the last time they got a baby? And how, how it wasn't a baby? It was really a horde of hell demons? Better known as Hillbilly Willie? Cliff, don't bring that name up. On Christmas Eve, are you trying to jinx us? Do you want to be possessed by him again? Kendall, it's not a late October night. It's a late December morning. Hillbilly Willie only bothers us or anyone around Halloween. It's in that folk song everyone sings about him. But isn't there an exception to every rule? Name one exception to one rule. You know I'm not good at naming things. And I'm about to check out here at the store. Just get up and meet me at the studio as soon as you can. You got it. And hey, Merry Christmas Eve, bro host. Merry Christmas Eve. Yes, sir. Will that be all? Um, those things over there, are they Christmas donuts? Yes, sir. Would you like a dozen? No, I'd like two dozen. Merry Christmas Eve! Merry Christmas Eve! Merry Christmas Eve? Would it be? Hmm, <gasps> we shall see. I'm the Christmas angel from the top of your Christmas tree, and Santa whispered a message for me to deliver to you. 
for behold, I bring you holiday tidings of great internet talk show hosts. Great as in large. <coughs> this is a Christmas story about two fat show hosts. Is that clear? 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 Anyway, our story begins, or rather has already begun, one bright Christmas Eve morning in Busheltown. Cliff, one of the fat hosts, was awoken by a phone call from Kendall, the other fat host. They were due to put on a very important show that night. What they didn't know was that there was another very important show that afternoon, and you mustn't tell them, should you somehow enter this story before I finish telling it, or nothing that follows will seem wondrous. Kendall was just arriving in the studio. Hello. Merry Christmas Eve morning. I brought one dozen Christmas donuts for us all to share. Merry Christmas Eve, candle boy. I see your spirits are high this morning. It's Christmas Eve, and the only problem is my wife Susan is in Mongolia on business. I wish that we could spend just one Christmas, Halloween, or even Bastille Day together. But that's just what business does. It keeps you on the road until it sucks out your soul like a Dementor in Harry Potter. Yes, well, I will miss seeing her at the big show tonight. Oh, and speaking of the show, I got word back and Dolores has politely declined to appear. And I was so hoping to have at least one celebrity. Well, that could always be a mixed blessing. Candleboy. I do have one question. I know I've had several strokes over the past few years, so they may be the culprit. But I do have a deep sense that we've done all of this before, boy. Are you thinking of last year when we desperately put on a show in the last-ditch effort to convince a producer to save us and move the show out of Busheltown and back to L.A.? Why, yes, boy, that explains the familiarity. (laughs) This desperate show is so different, though. I mean, it's still Christmas, but we're not convincing a producer to save our show. We're convincing... Wait, who's going to save the orphanage? Well, our one real hope is the wealthiest man from Gasville. His name is MacArthur Jespers. He's known locally for going around on Christmas Eve and making one big donation each year. And tonight he's coming to our show, boy. We can do it. We may not have convinced that producer last year, but the big show we're planning for tonight will work for sure. Songs, bad Christmas jokes, Terry the Temp temporarily dressed up as Mrs. Claus. Sounds classic already, right? Hey, guys. Oh, hello, dears. Kendall, I've just been telling Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn that the show tonight will be a killer. Killer. And to not even worry about it, we're going to knock the audience dead and burn up the stage with talent. <laughs> Yes, dear, that's all well and good, but this show has got to be more than just some karaoke tracks and Terry the Tim thrown into a Mrs. Claus wig. If they close this orphanage, we may never get a baby. You remember last time we attempted to adopt, don't you? Oh, dear. You know how I hate to discuss it, dear. <gasps> the baby was Hillbilly Willie. Oh, there's no need to go there. Don't, 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 go, there. don't go there. We're just remembering facts. I know that two years ago we accidentally adopted a baby that wasn't a baby, but was really... It was Hillbilly Willie, dears. It was very traumatic trying to mother a horde of demons for a few days, even if the horde was only the size of an infant. Why is everyone talking about demon-possessed pig farmers? Do you not see this Christmas tree? It's Christmas, not Halloween. You broke an ornament. Oh, it was just a hand-blown glass ball that belonged to Charles the Contractor's great-grandfather. So long as it's not one of my Shrek the Third ornaments from Arby's. Those are hard to come by. Let's just put all the talk of demons and demon babies and you-know-who out of our minds. It's the holiday season, and Santa Claus is coming round, and the Christmas snow is white on the ground, and when old Santa gets into town, he'll be coming down the chimney down. You're right. He will be coming down the chimney down. 
Okay, guys, it's Christmas. We've got this covered. Kendall and I are going into our office to talk about how many people are going to die tonight from just being entertained so hard. Just do your best, dears. You got it. Okay, so I guess the Terry the Temporary Mrs. Claus is out. Way out. But what to put in? Austin could recite the holiday poem they run in the Busheltown Examiner every year. That one about getting coal in your stockings being a mark of the devil. He could never memorize it in time. He'll be at the Potter Butter Butter Churn Center for the Arts sewing costumes all day. If Crockpot still worked for us, she could play the little match girl or something. Why did she have to quit on Thanksgiving Day? Maybe she was tired of us calling her Crockpot instead of whatever her real name was. I regret nothing. Okay, the holidays are about what? And don't say food. Okay, not food. The holidays are about home. Uh, That's it. Boom. We open singing home for the holidays. The orphans need a home. Mr. Snobot and Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn want to give a home to an orphan. We don't mention that, though. We don't want everyone in the audience to know how deeply we're all invested emotionally in the turnout of tonight's show. We have to play it cool. Cool. Cold. Cold outside. Mr. Snodbot and Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn can sing Baby It's Cold Outside. Yeah, yeah, they're great at that one. When they sing it, you can stab the sexual tension to death with a knife. Stab? Stab. I mean, cut the sexual tension to death with a knife, sorry. The thought of them getting a baby brings back Hillbilly Willie memories. Memories of the demon baby, the demon possession, all the other years of demon torment. It's Christmas! Christmas! Christmas. Snap out of it. Do I need to slap you like Cher slapped Nicolas Cage in that famous scene from Moonstruck you're always telling me about? Well, now I kind of wish you would, just so I can feel like I'm in Moonstruck. Oh, snap out of it. We're going to have a Merry Christmas come hell or... Excuse me, boys. I hate to interrupt the magic of you two planning a show, but I've just received a very interesting telephone call. About the orphanage? No, boys. It was a man representing a television show on cable access channel 81. Something called Professional Talk. He wants you two to appear live on the air this afternoon. He must want you to promote tonight's live show. We're going to be on TV this afternoon? I'm too fat to be on TV. Me too. I'm covered in fresh donut bloat. We may have to cancel. Now there'll be none of that, boys. Remember what happened last time you boys tried to cancel Christmas due to your own personal obesity? Yes, yes Mr. Snowbottom. Yes. See here. Report to their studio at 2 p.m. And remember that the only thing riding on the success of tonight's show is the future happiness of myself, Mrs. Butter 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 and our possible adopted child, and the lives of several dozen orphans. Yes, it seemed a lot was riding on that evening's show. But what about that afternoon show? Just what was professional talk? And why in the world would they want Cliff and Kendall on their show? Later that afternoon, Cliff and Kendall made their way up the path to the small building that beamed Channel 81 to the greater Busheltown area. Studio's kind of crummy. I don't think we can make fun of anyone else's studio. Theirs probably didn't begin life as a garden shed like ours did. You know that possum got back in the cracker drawer the other day. Oh my god. Hey, you must be Cliff and Kendall. Uh, yeah? I'm Zad. Zad Lazenby, host of the show. Come on in. This is our setup. Cameras over here, set over there. Craft services, of course. Can I get you an eggnog? Sure. Do we need to prepare for the show? Oh, no. Just tell the truth. That's what we're looking for on this show. Now, if you'll head over to the couch there, it's almost airtime. Oh, look, individually wrapped Christmas tree cakes. You shouldn't. Oh, go ahead. They're here for you. Okay. All right. 
Have a seat right there, guys. How big is your crew here? You're looking at them. Just me and my cameraman, Telly, over there. <coughs> now, when that light goes on, we'll be live. Are we going to be talking about the live Christmas show tonight? Quiet now. We're on in three, two... Welcome to Paranormal Chat. I'm your host, Zad Lazenby. This afternoon on the show, we have quite the Christmas gift indeed. A great gift to all the occultists and truth seekers out there in Busheltown. What? We have Cliff and Kendall, two local landscapers who work for radio station KBSH, but have first-hand knowledge of a local legend, the allegedly demon-possessed Hillbilly Willie. Hey, I was told this show was called Professional Talk. Nope, it's Paranormal Chat. But what do you mean bringing us on the show to talk about Hillbilly Willie? Can't we just talk about Christmas and how we're raising money for an orphanage? No, that sounds boring. What I'd like to know is how many people you've seen Hillbilly Willie murder in person. That's kind of personal. Cliff! Cliff. So you have seen Hillbilly Willie, the alleged demon-possessed pig farmer murder innocents right in front of you? Well, they weren't all innocent. Cliff, shut up! People will think we're crazy. Oh my god, Kendall, you think people are actually going to think about us? You haven't answered my question. Look, how do you... What makes you think we know anything about Hillbilly Willie? Other than things my co-host just said, which would never hold up in court. He's right. I'm still kind of drunk from the Christmas Eve lunch we had. I had several Singapore Santas, which is like a Singapore sling, only with vanilla ice cream instead of pineapple juice. <gasps> Look, you landscapers might think you can dance around my questions, but Zad Lazenby will uncover the truth. What truth? I have it on good authority that you've had six violent paranormal experiences with Hillbilly Willie. Billy Willie. Hey, please don't take my cutthroat investigative techniques personally. You're among friends here. We just want the truth. The truth. Kendall, remember what Charles the Contractor said when we were fighting over who farted in that elevator? Yeah. Truth will set you free. It all started five years ago when we left L.A. for a relaxing autumn vacation in the North Busheltown woods. We stopped at a gas station to buy some magazines and pies on the way, and Cliff's sexy assistant Sebastian, whom he didn't know was a Satanist at the time, was in the car with our producer. Yes! Kendall and Cliff were telling the terrifying truth at last. They recounted each terror to a rapt Zad Lazen. With each secret told, the two heavy men felt lighter and lighter. I ran over Mr. Snodbottom as he was having one of his patented bowel attacks right out there on the road. You see, not only was the bus possessed by a ghost, our producer's newly adopted baby was nothing but a whore to hell demons known as Hillbilly Willie. Finally, almost one hour later, Cliff and Kendall's saga of horror was at an end. And I don't know if it was Cliff's own perfect pitch inside his head or the chanting of an ancient verse that we were given by Tyler's ghost via the Ouija board, but we exercised Hillbilly Willie from Cliff. Of course, then Hillbilly Willie immediately killed our FedEx delivery man. Wasn't it the UPS guy? I don't think so. Either way, he still had so many packages left to deliver. Wow. Just wow. Hordes of evil spirits, satanic assistants, rival podcast hosts, murderous and idiotic cult members, psychic nuns, monster babies, trips to hell and back, and good old-fashioned demonic possession. What a story. You know, I feel better now, getting all that off my chest. Well, that's our show for today. I want to thank demon attack survivors Cliff and Kendall. Oh, and if anyone wants to donate to Save an Orphanage, we're putting on a benefit show tonight at the Potter Butter Butter Turn Center for the Arts in downtown Busheltown. At 7 o'clock. Thanks, fellows. And Merry Christmas, all you occultists and truth seekers out there. And a blessed Saturnalia to my friends over at the South Busheltown Saturn Dealer.
we're out. What a bombshell you just dropped on the Busheltown occult community. You know, after I got used to it, it was kind of fun telling the truth. And even though I was so fat on TV, I didn't have any stage fright at all. Stage fright? Stage fright? Stage fright? Kendall may not have been frightened during his afternoon television appearance, but there will be plenty of fright to go around on and off stage at that night's show. Later that evening, the ballroom at the Potter Butter Butter Churn Center of the Arts was lit as beautifully as any Yule Log. Tinsel, mistletoe, and holly were festooned about the room to charm donors in hopes of saving the Busheltown home for orphans and wayward infants. There was one donor the group hoped to charm in particular, the wealthiest man in Gasville. MacArthur Jesper had come to Busheltown to spend Christmas Eve, and if rumors were true, he would make a large donation to someone before dawn Christmas Day. A small crowd of potential orphan saviors were being seated for dinner when Mrs. Potter Butter Butterchurn noticed their special guest. Oh, dears, I see Mr. Jespert headed this way. Whatever you do, don't mention your appearance on the controversial show this afternoon. We just told the truth. Yes, dear, and the truth is the most controversial thing of all. Here comes Mr. Jespert. Let's butter him up, boys, like one of those rolls you had before the guests arrived. We'll do our best. Dear Mr. Jesper, how lovely to see you this Christmas Eve evening. Merry Christmas Eve, Mr. Jesper. You know, I never heard a man wish another man Merry Christmas Eve before. I don't care for it. What's this function for, anyway? Dear sir, you see, we're trying to save a home for orphans. Orphans, huh? Boy, I never liked them. I'm a deodorant manufacturer, and orphans don't wear deodorant, you see. Oh my, well, maybe we can change your mind over the course of this evening. Yeah, uh, we're, we're Cliff and Kendall. We're about to host the entertainment here in just a moment. And we're about to have dinner, and everyone likes orphans more on a full stomach. Sure. Yes, dears. Mr. Jespert, may I lead you to your seat? The show and dinner are about to begin. All right, ma'am. I do hope you have some bottled Gasville water, as it's all I drink. I assure you, Mr. Jasper, that the H2O in Busheltown is top-notch and second to none. Well, sir, there's a rumor going around that the Busheltown water supply has been tested on by the military, and also that it's full of rodent fecal matter, so all I bottled Gasville water, or Fresca, nothing else. Mr. Snodbottom, we have to head to the stage. Yes, boys. Do me a favor and break both your legs up there. We need all the luck we can get saving this orphanage. Thank you. Welcome, everyone, to the Potter Butter Butter Churn Center for the Arts on this beautiful Christmas Eve. We've got a great show for you tonight, so let's get it started. Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays. Cause no matter how far away you're When you pine for the sunshine of a friendly gaze For the holidays you can't be home, sweet home I met a man who lives in Busheltown He was heading for smack over and some homemade pumpkin pie from way down Gasville, folks are traveling up to Downville, sunny shore. From Route 1 to Route 3, gee, the traffic sure is sucky 
Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays Cause no matter how far away you're If you want to be happy in a million ways For the holidays you can't beat home, sweet home. Did I forget the part where all these rogue men enter through the back of the ballroom and encircle the whole crowd? No, I was hoping they were a surprise you had planned. No, they look like... They look like the cult members who worship Hillbilly Willie. I know what they look like. <gasps> I met a man who lives in Busheltown. And he was heading for Smack over and some homemade pumpkin pie From way down Gasville folks are traveling up To Downville's sunny shore From Route 1 to Route 3 Oh, the traffic sure is sucky and Oh, there's no place like home for Holidays. What are they doing? Cause no matter how far away you roam They're talking or chanting or something If you want to be happy in a million ways Oh my god, they can't be For the holidays you can't beat home sweet home They are Um, if everyone could just quiet down, I'm not sure what these men in robes and masks are doing here. Other than talking over my perfect pitch. We're just going to continue. Up next we have our office assistant Austin reading the classic Busheltown holiday poem, The Devil's Coal. Austin, get over here. The Devil's Coal by Damien Diego Henderson. On Christmas Eve we hang our stockings by the fire. By morn there'll be candy for the good and coal for the liars. It's true, Jesus. What are we going to do? Did we invite Sheriff Frog Blast to this thing? No, and it won't matter anyway if they summon Hillbilly Willie. Is there a way to stop them and let the show go on? I don't think so. They just started a fire over by the donation tree. Oh, shit! Everyone stay calm! Oh, God. Where's Charles the contractor? We could get him to jump on the fire and smother it. He went to London for Christmas. Oh, my God. I hate him so much. Dear, what will we do? I'll get the fire extinguisher. Look, they're leaving. The cult members are going. Along with the rest of the crowd. Are these robes man here because you boys told everyone about you know who? I don't know. They just showed up during our opening number. The fire extinguisher's broken. It doesn't matter anyway, Kendall. Look at the fire. Oh no, the flames. They're turning pink. Pink flames. <laughs> My shooting stars. How could this be happening on Christmas Eve? It's not a late October night. Oh, oh my. My fear's causing a surprise bowel attack. It may not be October, but those pink pig-colored flames mean only one thing. When the flames turn pink, it means that he's coming. Did we mention that on the show this afternoon? I don't think we've ever mentioned it to anyone before. Dears, why aren't we running? Hey, everybody, let's get out of here. You know what those pink flames mean? They mean it's too late. Maybe he'll just get mad and fly off. What's that? I see a bunch of vaguely familiar-looking meatbags. Uh, you don't want us. The ones who summoned you are probably still in the parking lot. Most of them are over 50 and have type 2 diabetes. Oh, I'll get to them all right. I still murder even in my off-season. But I think I'll give myself a Christmas bonus. 
I think I'll murder someone in this very room. <laughs> On Christmas Eve? Who shall I kill? The old man covered in his own waist? One of the interchangeable fatsos that so remind me of my beloved pigs? Hello. Sorry I'm late. Dolores is here. I decided to brighten everyone's Christmas Eve with my presence, after all. It's really me, Dolores. Wait, what the? Mmm, someone new. Oh. Uh-uh. F*** this shit. Dolores is out of here. Is that? It's MacArthur Jesper. You know, Mrs. Potter Butter Butter Churn, I don't think I'll be donating to your cause after all. I think you're right. You'll be far too dead. <coughs> okay, I'm gone. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good fright. Did he just coin that phrase or has someone said that before? To all a good fright? That's classic. It doesn't matter, boy. Mr. Jasper is dead. <laughs> he may have been a terrible man, but etiquette tells us that any death is still sad. I'm afraid that's it for the orphan. <laughs> that's it for our chances of having a baby to love and care for. Hey, I found a message wrapped around a rock. It's from the cult. This is what you get for spreading our secrets on Channel 81. We should have kept our fat mouths shut. Hey, look, I found something, too, and I think it fell out of Jesper's pocket. Oh, my God, it's his checkbook. Look at this. His donation check for tonight is already made out. Oh, my. The orphanage is saved. No, no wait. It, it isn't made out to the orphanage. Oh, you mean we're, we're never going to get the money? Nope. It was always going to the flat-chested girls' fund for organic breast implants. Oh, my. Hey, Mrs. Putter Butter Butter Churn, remember how Bates on Downton Abbey never mentioned being a good forger until that one day Lord Grantham needed something forged? Yes, dear, but I'm afraid of where you're going with this. You see, I also never mentioned it, but I could be a good forger. I could just forge a check from old man Jesper's checkbook and save the orphanage. I'm not usually one to condone forgery, but old man Jesper was so rich, and these orphans are so poor, what's the harm? Uh, guys, I may have only gotten a C- in my ethics class at Busheltown Community College, but something about this check forgery plan seems kind of unethical. Austin, if you only made a C-, do you really think you're a very good judge of what's ethical? No, Cliff, he's right. And even if Christmas isn't expressly about ethics, it's certainly not expressly about being unethical either. We just have to face the facts. We failed to save the orphanage, and once and for all, Mr. Snodbottom and I are giving up our dream to raise a child together. Just put the checkbook back by the horrible old man's corpse, boy. Let's just see if we can salvage any figgy pudding and go home. Excuse me, is this the orphan benefit? It smells a lot like burned napkins. Yeah, but I think the show's over. What happened here? Looks like a hillbilly willy attack to me. You really think so? Sure. I feel okay saying that in front of you guys, since I know you won't think I'm crazy. I saw you on Paranormal Chat this afternoon, and I know just how you feel. Hillbilly Willie ruined my wedding reception, and it looked just like this. Of course, I did get married on a late October night in the middle of the North Busheldown Woods, so I really should have known better. Wow, for some reason I never really thought of Hillbilly Willie happening to anyone but us. So, who should I make my check out to? I have to get home and bake some cookies for Santa with my husband and four chinchillas. <laughs> the Busheltown home for orphans and wayward infants, dear. What a lovely gesture. 
And did somebody say orphan? No, I did, dear. Well, I'd like to write them orphans a check. I would have been here earlier, but there's a big old traffic jam outside because of all the fancy-dressed people that are still trying to get out of the parking lot here. Oh, my. And on Christmas Eve. Well, look, I'm just doing this because I don't feel brain sick anymore. I saw the interview about Hillbilly Willie this afternoon on Channel 81, and for the first time, I don't feel alone in the world. What happened to you? I was walking my eight dogs one late April night in the South Bushletown suburbs of all places, and I was attacked by Hillbilly Willie. No one believed me because of the time of year and place, and because Hillbilly Willie is a demon-possessed pig farmer. That's awful. Now it's led me to helping these orphans, though, so maybe there's a silver lining to... Oh my God, who is that dead guy? Did I hear someone say dead guy? I just came to write a check to save some orphans. You know, you guys might want to clean up these overturned tables and dead bodies. There's a lot of people outside coming in here, you know? Well, all those cars outside are actually trying to leave. There was just a hillbilly willy attack in here. I can see all the hallmarks of a hillbilly willy attack. Dead bodies, smoldering, summoning fire, faint smell of bacon in the air. Hillbilly willy killed three of my barbers, and I'm glad you guys went on TV today and told the truth. Anyway, these people come in aren't in cars, they're walking. And each and every one of them has a pen and a checkbook in their hands. Oh my god, and you know, so few people have checkbooks anymore. I tell ya, everyone who watches Paranormal Chat has a checkbook, and each and every one of them is coming to write your orphans or whatever a check. Oh my, can this be a Christmas miracle at long last? Saints and Christmas time be praised, dear. Hey, can I write you guys a check? And lo, many checks did roll in that eve. Check after check rolled in... And the corpse of MacArthur Jesper rolled out. The official cause of death was marked unknown. unknown, unknown. Several hours later, Cliff and Kendall stood with their friends counting the checks they'd received for the orphanage. That's the last one! Well, dear, what's the verdict? <laughs> we did it! The orphanage is saved! And that means we'll beat parents any day! Any day? Whoa, that's quick. Austin has a lot of baby-proofing to do with that studio. Where is Austin? He's over there. He fell asleep by that pile of ashes a few hours ago. Oh, hey, look at this. Another check, dear? No, this must have fallen off of one of the checks. It's a post-it that says, Hee-haw and Merry Christmas. Here's my check for the orphans. I hope you guys don't mind that I emailed Zad Lazenby about you and your Hillbilly Willie stories. Oh, my God. They were just so fascinating when I overheard them sitting behind you at the Toasted Waffle Diner the morning after Halloween. My birthday breakfast. We must have discussed everything since I had just finished being possessed by Hillbilly Willie like the day before. Oh, and they heard it all. It, is it signed? No. This could have been stuck to any one of those checks in that stack. Then we'll never know who got us on that show. And caused the death of MacArthur Jasper. But also save the orphanage! And it's the spirit of generosity that we should think of when we recall this anonymous donor. For what was the first gift of Christmas but love? Yes, dear. Was it love or a handsaw? Jesus was a carpenter, right? Yes, dear. It's been a long night. Let's go home and get some rest. It had been a long night, but the eve before had turned into the day of Christmas, and Cliff and Kendall and their friends did hark to the call of slumber. And when they arose later on Christmas Day, they did gather for a hearty Christmas dinner. 
The day was very merry indeed, and filled with many moments of childlike joy and wonder that only Christmas time can bring. Standing in the warm glow of the Christmas tree that day, Quiff and Kendall and their friends knew how lucky they all were to have one another. And a few days after Christmas, a brand new friend showed up at the studio to some this former garden shed outside KBSH with old people and two fat guys inside recording an internet talk show might seem like a strange place to hang out. But to this brand new friend, it just felt like home. Merry Christmas. Hold on, everybody. Now it's my turn for a solo. And I think we all know what's appropriate for this occasion. As Mrs. Putter-Putter-Butter-Churn holds that baby in her arms, sleeping in heavenly peace, as it were. Hit it, Kendall. Baby, baby, I'm taken with the notion To love you with the sweetest of devotion Baby, baby, my tender love will flow from the bluest skies to the deepest ocean. Stop, stop, stop. Thank you for spending your entire October binge listening to Cliff and Kendall Coast to Coast Halloween episodes. I know. Thanks for listening to Cliff and Kendall Coast to Coast. Binge listen to more episodes at cliffandkindle.podbean.com.